So many of the league's elite contenders traded up for a quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and so on. Should the Vikings be one of those teams? Let's get into it on the Lockdown Vikings podcast. You like it on three, one, two, three. You, like it! you are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Locked On Vikings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I am your host, your pal, and the kid you copied off in math class. My name is Luke Braun. You can find me on Twitter at Luke Braun NFL. Show is on Twitter at Locked On Vikings. You can also find this show on Amazon Fire or Roku. Just download the Locked On Minnesota Sports app. And thank you so much for making Lockdown Vikings your first listen of the day each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game. So today on the show... I'm going to spend most of it talking about uh, Anthony Richardson because I think he'd be the guy that you do this for if you're going to do it. But first, we have to talk about the logistics of trading up for a quarterback in the draft or trading up for anybody, right? Um, and the Vikings sit at at pick 23 right now. And based on historical data, we can kind of know what it would cost for the Vikings to trade up in the first round of the draft or better do it the other way. Hey, if you're willing to spend, say, you know, your first round pick and your third round pick, how far up the board does that get you in a normal situation? Um, of course, every board's going to be different and it's not always going to work out this way, but we can at least get rule of thumb and kind of have a, an idea of what we're working with. And look, amongst Vikings fans, there are two camps of people. There are people who want to move on from Kirk Cousins and people who don't. And I want to talk to both groups here. So if you're somebody who wants to move on from Kirk Cousins, I probably don't need to do much selling. But if you're somebody who doesn't want to move on from Kirk Cousins, I, I was tweeting some things about this earlier on, on Sunday, and there were people who were like, no, just keep Kirk, build around Kirk, blah, blah, blah. And if you're one of those people, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong here, but should, don't you think you should know what you're declining? Um and at least have an understanding of what that cost is. And if you are still that convicted about Kirk Cousins and you say, no, I don't want to do this, then that's totally fine. But you should at least be informed about what you're rejecting, right? So with that said, here's where we're at right now. The Vikings are locked into Kirk Cousins for 2023. There is maybe a corner case where you have some kind of falling out and Cousins demands a trade in May or something like that. But for the most part, they're locked in to Kirk as the 2023 quarterback. They're not locked in for 2024. And if you want to keep Kirk Cousins, you're going to extend him and, and lock that up. But if you don't, you play him play out 2023 with Kirk and you let him walk for 2024. So this is a 2024 decision. If you're drafting a quarterback, you're doing it essentially saying, you're our guy, but you're our guy next year and you get a year to sit, which kind of gives us access uh, to that kind of deal. You you have access to doing what Mahomes did in Kansas City, where he sat behind Alex Smith for all of the 2017 season, um, or what the Packers are doing with Jordan Love right now, right? With even more. Uh, and I'm sure there's nothing stopping you from having it, Anthony Richardson or whoever uh, sit behind Kirk for more years. But I, I would imagine the point of this is, is not to extend that situation. Um, so either way, this is a 2024 oriented move, and it doesn't really preview the 2023 season. So we have to think of it that way. 
And I personally look at the one uh, built by Rich Hill when I'm trying to determine the price of things. Rich Hill uh, did a, there's a lot of draft trade charts that are like the first round pick is, or the first pick is this many points, the second pick is that many points and so on. That helps you kind of uh, navigate draft trades. If, if you p- trade pick 60 for pick 32 and a first next year, who won the trade, that kind of, that kind of thing. Um, I use Rich Hills because it's based on historical data, based on historically what trades happened. So it gives us the best idea of the market. Um, there are tr- trade charts that are built by, um, like there's one by PFF, there's one by Jason Fitzgerald and Brad Spielberger that are more oriented in how the picks tend to turn out because they're trying to predict who wins trades when they happen. But I'm trying to figure out what the market is. What is the actual price? So I'm going to use that one for now. Um, and on that, I'll just go over it, but I tweeted it out too, if you want to see that. On that, if you trade your first round pick and a fourth round pick, you can move up to 20th. You do that with C. That's uh, where Seattle is at for whatever it's worth. So you could move up to 20th. So if there's a corner that's falling that you really want, you can package your fourth round pick and move up and get that guy. Uh, Or there's a receiver you really want or something like that. That's a possibility. Um, If the quarterback that you want has fallen all the way to 20th and you want to jump up and get him, that's also there too. Uh, If you package a third rounder, you can move all the way up to 18th. That's Detroit, but the Vikings did make draft day, day draft day trades with Detroit before, so that's possible. Uh, if you want to package both the third and the fourth, that would move you up to 15th, where hilariously Green Bay is. <laughs> um, so that might be, again, a little bit difficult. I don't know if Green Bay would be that interested in letting us come up for their quarterback, for our quarterback. But again, we did the same thing with both of those teams last year, so there might be a relationship there that makes that more plausible. Um, or, you know, you add a fourth next year and move up an extra spot, and then you're not dealing with this, right? Uh, if you package two firsts, so this year's first rounder and next year's first rounder, it gets a little wonky to project this out. I went with, like, a middle-of-the-pack first rounder uh, next year. So if you project the Vikings to be a middle-ish team and whatever that would be worth... Um, that would be that would get you up to 12th. And if you think the Vikings will be worse, it would get you higher. If you think they'll be better, it would get you lower. But it depends on what the other team thinks the Vikings will be. And who knows, right? So I just f- figured we'll stick it in the middle and say that. That will get you up to 12th. That's what's kind of what made me pick Anthony Richardson for this episode because Anthony Richardson is currently his average mock draft position is 12th. He, and he gets mocked to the Texans who are at 12. Uh, a decent amount as well, even though they have Davis Mills. And then if you want to package three first rounders, do the Trey Lance deal, you can get all the way up to eighth. So what do you want to do there, right? I, I, when I tweeted that out, a lot of people said, man, I don't know about three first round picks. Okay, then you don't want to get up to eighth. But let's say Anthony Richardson is sitting there at 12th and you go, do we do this? And, and you call Houston and they say, yeah, we would do it. If you want to give us your first round this year and your first rounder next year, we'll go down to 23. You come up to 12. You can take this guy. Do you do it? That becomes the question, right? So it is possible to do it. And again, this is a a 2024 move. So you would do this. You would not extend Kirk Cousins. You've obviously already found your cap space another way. You're spending two first round picks on your quarterback. You got to have your defense figured out another way, right? If you want to get other defensive players and free agents and stuff, you kind of have to have had that free agency. So you've been planning to do this, right? You kind of have to decide right now if you want to try to do this. Uh, And if it doesn't work out, move on next year or whatever. But let's assume for the sake of argument that you've done it. You got to be in love with the guy. Like let's, let's say you've set it up. You have 
to love Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or if you think Bryce Young will fall because he's too short or whatever. I don't care who the name is. I'm going to use Anthony Richardson, but who's your own as a placeholder? That's totally fine. Um, but you just you have to be in love with him because if you take this right, you're not getting a, a first round pick for two years. You need to kind of believe that the the this path to a Super Bowl is QB on a rookie contract and that that QB is Anthony Richardson and that he can be that guy and that we can be the Eagles two years from now going to the Super Bowl with our guy on a on a on a rookie contract. Um, you'll have a three year window of him before the real money kicks in and then it's his fifth year option, which isn't too bad. And then you got to extend him for real. Um, or you got, or you probably have already signed an extension and the real money of it kicks in. So you've got a three year window, maybe four, uh, between his red shirt year of 2023 and then 24, 25, 26, maybe 27 is your Super Bowl window. That's what you're looking for with this rookie contract thing. And for that, you have to think that Anthony Richardson can win a Super Bowl with a rookie contracted roster around him with the idea that all that extra cap space gives him a better roster. And if he's got help around him, that he can win the Super Bowl. Do we believe that? That becomes the next question. And that's what we're going to answer uh, for the rest of the show with Richardson in particular. And if you guys are interested, I can go to Will Levis or other quarterbacks or whatever uh, that you think might be available at 12 that you think you would do. Or maybe somebody you might want to take at 20 or somebody you might take if he falls all the way to 23, you don't want to trade up at all, but you might take him. Etc. But hey, you guys all have your own ideas about what the Vikings should do and how teams should run their offseason. Why don't you play Ultimate Football GM? It's a simulator of exactly that football team simulator uh, on your phone. You have to hire the right coaches. You have to put a good staff together, put a good roster together, figure out what to do with your aging players and your big contracts, do a draft. Um, scout players, all of that, and try to create a dynasty all in a realistic and challenging game world. And Locked On Vikings listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code Locked On in all caps in the game store. That's Locked On in all caps, so make sure you check it out today. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Once again, that is ultimate-gm.com. Ultimate Football GM, start your dynasty today. So, if we establish that we are okay with trading two first round picks for a quarterback that can win with a lot of free agents around him, right? We have to determine if Anthony Richardson is that guy. So let's look at the tape. And I spent all day watching tape on Anthony Richardson, and I'm going to tell you what I think of him. So the first thing that people tell me whenever I ask about uh, Anthony Richardson is like, hey, he only played, he only started 13 games in his whole college career. He got in and out of the game a little bit last year for Florida, but he's really a one-season guy, and that's not a lot of experience, which is totally fair. Um, and so you would expect a certain amount of rawness, but the first thing I want to kind of drill out of people is the idea that, like, look, being young equates to being raw. On the whole, if you charted out how young everyone was and how raw everyone was, you'd probably find a pretty good correlation, Right. But that is a tendency. That's a usually. It's a typically. Um, and inherently, youngness is not a trait that is going to lead to bad play. It just correlates to it usually. Um, that lack of experience is that you don't start a game five points in the hole because your quarterback is too inexperienced, right? The idea is that it comes with traits that typically are bad. But we can look and see, does he actually have those traits? We can just, we just look at the tape and see if those things show up. And some do, some don't with Richardson. But I think to look at him and say, he's very talented, but raw, 
and kind of have that be it is really incomplete, which is what I had been saying, and that's why I wanted to go in and have a, a more complete idea uh, of who he is. Perhaps the best example is the one read and go thing. That's what a lot of people say that about Richardson, that he's, he's one read and then he takes off. And I really don't think that's true. Um, there are a lot of examples just in the few games that I was able to get my hands on um, of him going through an entire progression. And now you can di agree or disagree with whether or not he made the right decisions, whether or not he should or shouldn't have come off something. Um, and he does play a lot of hero ball. He, he does, you know, kind of have a lot of <laughs> like the, the Josh Allen arm arrogance thing, um, which is not necessarily a bad thing if your arm can cash the check. Uh, he has leg arrogance too, uh, which I think does get him in trouble sometimes, but he will go through, you can see his eyes, you can see him take it, decline it, take it, decline it, take it, decline it, and then take off or take something or, or whatever. You can see him go through a progression. Sometimes it's not full field. And I think that was a Florida thing. And I wonder if Florida did that because they didn't uh, trust his ability to go through full field. And again, as a young raw guy, like, okay, that's fair. So we, we got to, we got to get him comfortable doing that. And that's fine. But visibly, you can see him go through progressions often enough where like, I see that he can think fast enough. And I think I can install whatever I want with him. Like, I'm not worried about it. And the second thing that everybody says about him is that the talent is off the charts and the downfield talent is insane. I mean, you can look, pull up his just bombs, right? You see this. You just see him hit like deep posts, insane go balls. He truly has every throw in the arsenal all the way to 50 yards. And you have to defend every blade of grass. Um, if you can just get those throws to come out uh, as consistently as possible, you've got an electrifying quarterback. Um Every single thing is a threat, and that's really cool, and that makes it really hard to defend if you can unlock all of that talent. Also, the running talent's in insane. There are a lot of times when he makes somebody look absolutely silly with his legs, and Florida used that with read option. I would hope that whoever drafts him does the same as well. Just get the, the guy the ball with space, right? Let him read out a play and and zone read, try to go out, beat a linebacker in the second level, and maybe you can get a bit. I mean, he's he's ripped off like 70-yard runs. Like, that totally works. Again, a little bit of a hero with it, and he takes more contact than I wish he did. I wish he would kind of slide down when it was read option time. Otherwise, he's just going to put too much damage on his body, and that's not good for longevity, right? Um, but this is a weapon. And the other thing about running is that it gives you a floor. You can make the wrong decision. Your receivers can fall down. Everything can go totally belly up. But if you can run and scramble and make a seven-yard gain out of it, it kind of gives you a floor. Running quarterbacks are the safest quarterbacks for that reason. If you're a statue quarterback, if you're Sam Bradford, and you just, you're just you in the pocket, if something goes wrong down the field, you're taking a sack, and that play sucks. Running helps give you a floor. That's a, a big like analytics mantra. Running gives you a floor. Anthony Richard has that floor, which means... As he develops all this stuff, you can put him on the field and your game's going to be a little bit chaotic, but your offense will move at least a little bit every time other stuff goes wrong. While he learns the other stuff, at least he can move the offense with his legs. It's kind of where the Bears are at with Justin Fields right now. Justin Fields didn't come out as a one-read-and-go quarterback. He became one because the Bears broke him. Um, but Anthony Richardson isn't one, and for all the stuff that you wish he did learn, he does have tools to make production happen in the meantime and that's really big the way i evaluate anybody in in the nfl draft okay you've got to learn this but can you be useful to me in the meantime 
because I can't just sit here and bench you and use a roster spot on you and a big draft pick. If you can't do anything for me right away, can you do special teams? That matters a lot on day three, right? You can be a special teamer in the meantime and we'll see if you learn, you know, how to play proper safety or whatever. Um, Anthony Richardson can be a quarterback in the meantime that does something for you. He's got just enough juice to do that. And then as he develops, you hope it's kind of all uphill from there. Um, but let's talk about the, the pocket presence thing a little bit more. People like and don't like his pocket presence like evenly. I am not huge on it. I think he bails a little too often. I think his first instinct, we're, as a quarterback, your first instinct shouldn't be to break the pocket. It should be to save the pocket. And the best pocket presence guy, like Joe Burrow is phenomenal at this. Mahomes is phenomenal at this. Um is to save the pocket, to just dance around. You know, it's way easier to take one step, reset, and fix the angle that your O-lineman lost um, and force that defender to come back through that offensive lineman because you moved behind him again. Way easier to do that than it is to roll out and now you're throwing on the run and maybe across your body. And, like, it's weird. Anthony Richardson has a great throw across his body rolling to the right. Like, he's incredible at it. And Florida, like made plays about it. <laughs> like they had that play like planned because he's so good at that throw. Even though you're told you're never supposed to cross throw across your body, Anthony Richardson is allowed to. He can do that. Go for it. Um, but it uh, that's still way harder than throwing off of a clean base in the pocket if you can rescue that pocket. Watch some Bengals games, you will see Joe Burrow do this really, really well. Um, and Anthony Richardson has done it. There are times if, on his tape of him doing it. It's just not his first choice. And so I would want to kind of make his instinct to be to save the pocket instead of break the pocket. But when he does break the pocket, like you don't want to get it totally out of him because there are times where he just sees a lane and he takes off and it's a touchdown. And I don't want to lose that. So how you teach him, you've got to be really careful with like what you teach him about this. And maybe he is just a guy that breaks the pocket all the time. And that's the game you play and you just kind of live with it. And I think that's totally valid. The next thing I want to talk about is maybe the biggest issue that I have with Anthony Richardson, the biggest thing giving me trepidation about possibly going up and, and trading two first round picks to get him essentially spending two first round picks to acquire Anthony Richardson because everything I've described so far is a package that I think is absolutely worth that a guy that can be something for you in the meantime has all kinds of oodles and oodles of talent sky high ceiling and you can see a pretty feasible path for him to to realize that potential but there is there are consistency and accuracy issues and I want to try to speculate as to why that is that's the next thing I'm going to do so Richardson's so interesting because depending on which games people watch, they'll have wildly different opinions on him. If you just watched him in like September, you probably think he stinks. And if you just never watched another Florida game after that, like you probably think he sucks. But if you flicked on college football in like November and only watched his games against Georgia, his games against LSU, uh, his game against South Florida at the end of the year, if you only watched those, you might be like, wait, why is this guy falling out of the top 10 of the draft? This guy should be like the, the most electrifying quarterback in the in the draft. Um, and I, that's really interesting, right? Because what's the story of that? And that's where resources that I don't have, but teams do have, can kind of help them be way more right about this kind of stuff than I'll ever be. Because they can just go ask and be like, so did he just really get better? Or did the defenses get worse? You know, what's what's up, quarterbacks coach at Florida? <laughs> like You can just call that guy if you work for the Vikings. Um, I don't. So I, I have to kind of leave that as an unknown. But it is nice to see generally that he kind of got better as the year went on, especially for somebody who's inexperienced. That's nice. 
when things were rough, I like, I think I watched the Kentucky game and I was told that there are other games that are kind of like the Kentucky game. So I figured that, okay, I got a good one. That was one of his bad games. Uh, I was week two of the college season against Kentucky and, and he played pretty bad. Um, and really what happened was he had one rollout where it was just a little like keeper flash Vikings run it all. Every team runs it all the time. You know, the stupid little dump off to Johnny Munt kind of thing, but it came out really low on him and, uh, defensive end picked it up. Uh, batted it down, caught it, picked it off, and then it was the other team's ball at the 10-yard line. It was a total disaster. And that happens. I'm not going to hold that too much against somebody scouting-wise because, like, whatever. Like, that's – it's and unless it's happening to you, like, a lot, that as a one-off, I'm not going to freak out about it. Um, but what happened for the rest of that game was a lot more concerning, that he really let that one get to him. And you could see he was rushing his process a little bit more. He was forcing things a little bit more for really the rest of that game – um, it was a lot sloppier. And to me, Richardson seems like a guy that plays a lot more on instinct and feel than on like cold calculations. I I've used the Baker versus chef thing a lot when talking about Kirk cousins, Kirk cousins is a, is a Baker. It's all very precise and it's very planned out and it's very, um, intentional and somebody like Josh Allen is a chef where he's just like vibing <laughs> and Anthony Richardson is a chef. And the thing is, it's there are pros and cons to both sides. And when, when you're a chef and you lose the feel for it and you're not hooping anymore, then thing, you kind of have to be a baker. And if you can't be a baker, you can't if you can't feel it and you need to feel it to play, then you can't play. There's your really that you can really take that to the bank. Huh? That was was that vague enough. Um, but with with Richardson for the rest of that game, you could see it happen where he wasn't really he, he was like hesitant to throw it to somebody he usually would throw it to. He was hesitant to take, he would take off, but he would like hesitate about it a lot. Um, he would pull the ball down in situations where he would all, otherwise he would rip it and take the risk. And it was very clear that it, that it got to him and he got a little jittery and he got a little bit slower and he, he got a little bit more, his feet got more active in a bad way, uh, in the pocket. And I don't like seeing that happen to a guy. Now again, it was like second start, right? And I, I didn't personally see it happen for any other games, although I didn't watch every single, I'm not going to watch an entire college season of all 22 in a day. Um, so if it did happen another time, let me know. But that does concern me. But really what I saw as a more consistent issue um, was that he misses high a lot. His misses are always over. And that's super spooky because that's where you can throw it right into the lap of lurking safeties. And he almost did a bunch and he has a bunch. So you have to figure out why that is. That is the singular thing. The fact that he misses high too often and he misses easy ones. It's, it's kind of funny. My, I, I think I tweeted, or I put it in discord or something like my comparison to him for him right now is Ublek. The like weird science project you might have done as a kid where if you mix enough, I think it's just cornstarch and water and you try to like punch it, it will be like a solid, but it's a liquid, but it behaves like a liquid if you like wiggle it. And it's like the more pressure is on him, the more uh, things are difficult, the, the, the more stress you put on him, the better he is, the harder he is. But if you don't have any stress on him and it's the easiest layup in the world, then he's going to like sail it randomly. And it's really frustrating. If you can get the easy stuff down, then how good he is at the hard stuff will really be highlighted. And again, that makes him a really exciting potential quarterback. And that goes in the column of things like, oh, okay, 
I see what this becomes and how it becomes it is you just have to get a little better at like the easy routine throws. And that I hope would come with experience. Um, but what I think is really getting him on these, because again, they all miss high and high is the most dangerous way to miss. If you want to miss, miss low. Um, you know, you'd rather have that thing skip up and be an incomplete pass than sail and be anybody's ball. But what it seems to me is if, if you look at his feet, and I don't mind the base that he throws off of as much as some other people do, because um, at least his feet are on the ground. He's not toesy. He's not, you know, jump throwing or anything like that. But when he drops back, his front foot, when you, when you drop back as a quarterback, um, you don't want to cross your legs up as much. Uh, that's, you kind of want to like bring your, your heel into your other foot's heel rather than like crossing them. Um, cause that's just bad balance, right? It's just not like an efficient way to move. And he crosses his legs like that sometimes. And when he hits the top of his drop, if you like watch Kirk Cousins do this, I mean, that's pop been polished for a decade, right? Um, Kirk Cousins will almost be at like a 45 degree angle, but his feet will be together on his drop. And then when he comes out of his drop and it's time to set his base, and ideally, you know, you're kind of hitting the top of your drop, setting up and throwing in most timing plays. Um, when he sets his feet, he gets to choose how wide his feet are with each other um, and how that, that will affect your throwing power and your base uh, and, and accuracy and everything. When Anthony Richardson comes up, he comes up perfectly straight and part of that is because he hits the top of his drop wide and then it's a lot harder for him to have that control and get the bend in his knees that he needs. And that's what I really think the key issue is, is that when he sets up to throw, he is standing straight up and he's not getting enough torque out of his bottom, out of the bottom part of his body, out of his legs. And if, and if you get a little bit of a bent knee, if you golf, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you golf and you're ever, you've ever been a golfer that stands up as you swing, then, it, you know, the ball gets really erratic because it's all arms. All you're doing is, is swinging with your arms if you're not getting any torque out of your lower half. The, the power really comes from twisting your body around rather than just having the, you know, the strongest arm. Um, the same thing is happening to Anthony Richardson. Everything is arm. And his arm's insane. He, his, he could probably do the Jamarcus Russell thing and, you know, throw the ball in a bucket 70 yards downfield on his knees. But you're not going to get consistent accuracy that way. When you're whipping it with your arm, that's when erratic things happen. And because he's, he's a taller quarterback and he's, if he's standing straight up and he's whipping it with his arms, it's coming off of a higher base. And so it's going to be a higher ball placement. And that's what I think is, is happening. I think he just needs to bend his knees and torque himself a little bit. And that's a mechanical fix that you can do not in a seat. You could do that in an off season. You could draft him, meet with him and say, get more torque on your ball. I want to see a better throwing motion. I want to see a better base when you get into camp and he can go, you know, hire whatever his favorite private coach is and, and, and work on that. Um, like that is not something that I think ruins his game that, oh, he'll never fix that. Like, I, I really think he can. And that kind of brings me to, to wrap all of this up. I see a world where this dude is absolutely a Super Bowl winning quarterback by like year two or year three, provided he's got help around him. And then once it's time to actually pay him, I really think Anthony Richardson can be a superstar. And you're going to find this about me. I'm a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to young quarterbacks. I, I think generally like two guys every draft workout and we get excited about eight of them. And 
So I kind of calibrate myself to be a little bit more of a hater, but I think he's got it. I think he can do it. Um, it's a risk. There is absolutely, I'm not guaranteeing anything, right? Absolutely a world where he gets drafted, he gets hurt his rookie year or something and it throws everything off or he ends up, you know, on a, on a Justin Fields trajectory where he never gets to actually develop because he's stuck, you know, trying to, to lead a team through the mud because they haven't set him, him up for success. It, it requires the right environment and, and the right decisions to be made. But the Vikings are set up to make those decisions and to give him that environment. So I, I hereby put my stamp on it. I am in support of trading two first-round picks this year's and next year's to trade up to get Anthony Richardson. I'm in for it. If they do it, I'm game. If they don't do it, I'm not going to cry or anything like that. But I, I think there are a lot of directions the Vikings could go this year. Many of them involve Kirk Cousins, and I would can be talked into those. Many of them don't, and I can be talked into those. But this one, I am in favor of, and I'll, I'll plant my flag on it. So there you go. I think the Vikings should trade up for Anthony Richardson. Let Kirk Cousins play out 2023, and then in 2024, you let him walk. You get all your cap stuff back, and you get your, you know, you get a, a full draft pick uh, class back. Maybe trade away some old guys or something like that. Really be set up to build around this kid and make him your quarterback of the future and see if you can get a window out of it. Tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday, and you can use it to yell at me. <laughs> you can send questions or complaints to uh, Luke Brown NFL or Locked on Vikings on Twitter. Uh, Locked on Vikings podcast at gmail.com. Send an email there if you got something a little longer or just fill out the Google form in the show notes. Um, I will see you all for that. And as always, skull.